Hello and welcome to episode number 137 of Their Giants Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Roger Munter, and uh, this week we're going to turn our focus slightly uh, away from uh, Giants minor league prospects and start looking at the upcoming draft. And of course, to do that, I have on my good friend, Brian Recca, who does such great draft coverage work over at Prospects Live uh, to tell us all the names we need to know about. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time to talk with me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you uh, for having me again. It's always a pleasure and uh, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. Of course, of course. You uh, you just uh, wrote a piece uh, the other day that I really liked, uh, which I think is the start of maybe a series. Uh, you called the, the the Fringe Five, the College Fringe Five, which is looking at some smaller guys who people aren't are on your draft board uh, who are kind of interesting to you. And I, uh, one of the things I really liked about it was it, it, it dovetails, I think, with some of the things the Giants do nicely because, you know, you're always seeing these sort of Von Browns and Landon Roops and, you know, Carter Howell kind of appear from nowhere from these really small colleges. Uh, so I, I just wanted to start by giving you an opportunity to sort of talk about that piece, talk about why you're interested in these guys um, and, uh, and, and kind of where you're going from this uh, on your coverage. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, it's really like kind of like, finding these like hidden gem type players. And like you said, guys later in the draft, that's always been like something I've been really interested in. And um, it's interesting because I feel now more so than ever, teams are starting to really uh, value every pick and really taking each, each draft choice really seriously and building a plan for each player, you know, in the past, I don't think it was really like that. And, you know, the guys who were picked in, you know, the early rounds, those are the guys that they prioritize and everyone else is, you know, just depth. But it seems like teams are really, really, you know, taking those picks seriously, which is really cool for me because now I have more, more awesome players uh, to follow and, and track. And it's like fits right in my wheelhouse. Um, so the article series, yeah, it, it is called the, the the French College Five, and it's just the uh, five guys, five players from Division One uh, college that are not currently on the Prospects Live draft board that, you know, I feel are worth worth uh, checking out. And uh, it's actually it's actually uh, a piece of the 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 uh, motivation or like you know the inspiration for the series was actually something that Fangraphs did years ago um, where they had the fringe five prospects yeah. and it was just guys you really just didn't get a lot of attention but like we're doing things that were interesting and had some skills and a lot of those guys ended up you know kind of uh, defying you know expectations defying the odds and uh you know, had good careers. So that, that was kind of like what I was going for, but you know, from, from a draft perspective. Yeah. And Carson Sestouli, who used to, I, I thought of that when I saw your name, uh, Carson Sestouli was the guy who did the French five for, for fan graphs. Uh, and he was mostly data, data mining, kind of looking for interesting stat lines. Uh, but he now does basically the same thing for the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, that's a good path to, to follow. Um, you, I mean, you mentioned that teams are taking every pick seriously. It even goes beyond that because now the draft is capped at 20 rounds. So you've got an awful lot of these uh, undrafted free agents that clubs are going after and signing um, with, with you know, more of a free hand of getting the talent they want. Um, 
and and that's these kind of players too, right? They're 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 looking for these guys, the Carter Howells and uh, uh, Brett Auerbach and and Will Jensen, all those kind of guys come from this same group of these after the draft is over, but there's still talent out there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think really that what what really changed the like the undrafted you know landscape was. 2020 when there was five right. rounds right. and then they not only was it only five rounds but they also capped spending on undrafted players it was like you know i think it was like under a hundred thousand like twenty thousand something like that yeah and you really just there were so many guys left over because there's only five rounds and it was just like almost like free talent <laughs> like I, you know it was just like here's a bunch of really talented guys that didn't get picked and don't have eligibility and here you go. And, you know, from that group in 2020, there's going to be several major leaguers, which is like unheard of for undrafted players. Right. And, there already are some. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's, you know, 20 rounds now, so it's a little different, but still a lot of good players. And I think it's going to continue where there's just a lot of leftover players that still want to play ball and, there's a lot more independent leagues now where, you know, there's that teams are scouting and following and uh, yeah. Like, like, like you said, after, you know, following guys after the draft is, is part of it too. And uh, you just, you know, talent, there's talent everywhere. There's major leaguers in every round and beyond, beyond the draft. So it, really it cool is, it is interesting the way things have changed. There's a, a kid the Giants signed recently named Turner Hill, who's with San Jose now, uh, who was, I believe, a D3 All-American and took uh, took his team to the College World, his D3 team to the College World Series, who had gone to the draft league, got seen by scouts there, and then was in spring training for an independent league uh, when the Giants signed him. So there's all these uh, new kind of paths to, to pro ball. Um, but, but before we start looking at this year's draft, I, I do want to look backwards. Um, I, I never get you on here and have you look backwards, but uh, why don't we talk for just a few minutes about the last couple of drafts um, and some of the guys you liked, um, you know, who were, you know, either just personal favorites or guys who are high on your, your, your board uh, that you liked, uh, whether at the top of the draft or, or bottom draft or anywhere, uh, say the last, you know, 2020 sort of taking shape. And I think we kind of know what that draft's like, but say the the last two years who were the guys that the giants popped to who you really liked when the drafts came off when the picks came off the board well um i guess i'll start with the the one that's looking a little better uh 2022 <laughs> and yeah you know and uh you know man i i thought i thought i really liked the way the giants approached last year's draft and you know, Crawford and Wisenhunt are, you know, looking really good at this point. And it was, you know, the perfect time to take, you know, swing for the fences. I've said this in the past and, you know, picking 30th is way different than picking, you know, 10th or 15th. And, yeah. and it's, you know, it's not just that first round, but you're picking last every round. So you're going to, you're going to miss out on a lot of players, a lot of talented players. And it's hard to predict who's going to be on the board uh, when it's your turn. Um, so yeah, I really, I loved what the giants did early last year. Um, I liked how they loaded up on a lot of arms. Um, and you know, Spencer miles, we haven't seen, um, um, what is it? I think Simone or 
was hurt. Liam, Liam Simon, yeah. He yeah, looked he, great. He looked great, and now he's hurt, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's always going to be, you know, players, that, especially pitching, that, you know, go down, get hurt, struggle, whatever. But, you know, they also have Hayden Birdsong, and, you know, Kepner has looked better in the bullpen, and Cho is interested. So, like, I, I like the I like the way they they approach that and like kind of go yeah. from a depth perspective. And then and you're you were a no, huge go, fan of Crawford's as I recall. Like just Yeah, yeah, I, I was. Um, you know, I I think I kind of just I was really excited to see what he was gonna look like that college year, and it was really, really unfortunate that it didn't happen. But you know, I was the what, what people were saying after his K performance, like the like you couldn't you couldn't find a guy on the Cape that people were praising more than Crawford. Yeah. Um, and uh, that whole summer, even with the you know the USA College National Team, and you know it's just everything you heard as the draft approached got closer. It was just like, oh, not only is he supremely talented, it's like, oh, he's also like in, still in incredible shape, great athlete, and like great person, like great kid. And like, I know you've talked to him uh i know like you know plenty plenty other giants people have talked to him they all say the same thing it's just like he has a different different like different he's just a different dude and uh i think i think uh i think betting on those type people beyond just uh beyond the baseball skills is just just uh you know it's that's a part of it and you know i think it's good value so i really like that and i like the wizard hunt pick same same thing great value there and uh Meckler's looking really great. I like that pick when it happened. And um yeah, so 2022 is looking great. 2021, not as much. Um, really unfortunate with, with Bednar, who I, I did like the pick. It wasn't it was someone I really had high on my board. I don't think he would have been the highest guy on my board when the Giants picked, but I I was I was happy with it. And it just it's unfortunate to see him struggling to stay healthy and and that's really that's really been, you know, something that's followed him since you know he was an amateur since high school. So that's tough. Um, Honda hasn't gotten on the mound. Silva's kind of plateauing right now. It's it you know, it was another draft where they took a lot of arms, um, and there's gonna be there's always gonna be ups and downs with that. And, yeah, for sure. Um, but same time, Landon Rope looks really good. Vaughn Brown has been a revelation. Um, you know, they still have guys like even I I don't even think you can totally rule out guys like Seth Lonsway and Nick Sinicola just because they have like an insane carrying tool, you know, like so maybe they go to the bullpen and now they have a great secondary pitch you build around. Like there's yeah. there's still there's still a lot of interesting players from that class, even if you know Nikolsky's, you know doesn't pan out bednar doesn't pan out there's still some talent there mason black is looking good so um you know it's 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 not ideal but it's not all doom and gloom either from that 21 class at least not yet one thing one thing you do every year that i find really really cool and uh sort of light years beyond my ability to to uh follow the draft but you every year do a shadow giants team like you do a shadow giants draft you pick at their spot from guys who are on the board and build your own draft board and i'm not mistaken follow those guys kind of you know throughout their career 
Um, so without spending too much time on this, I, I just think it's a fun exercise. Uh, maybe pick a place where you and the Giants pick the same guy. Um, and then another place where you picked someone who turned out to to be a, a great value. So uh, just, to, just to go into a little more detail, I've been, detail on that, I've been doing that, the shadow drafting since 2011. And, you know, I have, I've been keeping track of all these guys since 2011. So I kind of have like my own, you know, minor league system. Um, That's right. You have your farm system. You're the farm director and scouting director. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility, but you know, I'm I'm doing my best, I guess. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, um, so the the one, the couple, the couple big, uh, big uh, agreements that the Giants and I had that have worked out uh brian reynolds was one um, Oh, nice so that that was that was a nice one logan webb was another one uh those are you know huge success stories um but well you know, I, I hope you signed logan to a long extension on your farm <laughs> uh yes yes that was uh that was a priority this year for sure <laughs> um but then also um Elliot Ramos was another guy I was really excited for. And I really, uh-huh. I really liked the Giants, you know, kind of, you know, that was an interesting one because it was kind of like they stepped out of their yeah. comfort zone on that, you know, going yeah. to Puerto Rico, high school outfielder. Um, and then Hunter Bishop, which is kind of like trending like Will Bednar in a lot of ways, where it's just, yeah. just never healthy. Um, yeah. So those, those are some, some recent examples, uh, you know, kind of like the bigger, bigger name guys that Giants, and I agreed on and um as for some some guys who I took to you know instead of uh I don't know I don't remember which 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 players the Giants ended up taking but Marcus Stroman um uh Tristan McKenzie um and then uh Garrett Whitlock was someone who was a day oh, three nice. guy yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Noda who's doing pretty well with the A's right now and uh Alexis Diaz the closer for the Reds and uh, one guy I prospect I'm really excited now uh, about now um, that's in my system, I guess, is uh, Owen White. He's a pitcher oh, for the Rangers. For the Rangers, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, uh, the last few years have not looked good in my, my drafts. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, we gotta got to gotta change up the process i think this year so well uh, i like it, the it, it, i like the brian reynolds pick uh, but that one i think you could see coming uh i had actually uh predicted i remember in a piece i wrote but logan webb that's a really good pull on your part that uh getting logan webb in the fourth round very good job scouting director uh brian recca uh, <laughs> thank you thank you sometimes it's just like you know it's just trusting the giants really, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. They're taking a prep pitcher and like, what was it? Fourth round. It's like this, this, you know, this might be something, you know, like, let's go with that. You know, it's like, it's not so much like, Ooh, you know, like, you know, I, I'm so, I'm so such a big Logan Webb fan, but you know, it's just like, sometimes you just get a, you get a gut feeling that like, you know, maybe the giants are on something. So I, you know, it, they do well when they pick guys who are quarterbacks from Northern California, they, they have a really good track record. with that one. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, well, let, Let's turn our attention to the actual upcoming draft uh, and, and just start with kind of the overview, like a consensus from people you're talking to and people you're, uh, you're, you know, what you're doing when you get out on the field. Where is this in terms of overall talent um, compared to maybe some of the drafts we've seen recently, you know, at drafts ebb and, ebb and flow and some are really, really talented and some are kind of thin. Uh, and then kind of what are the strengths of particularly the top of uh, of this coming class, do you think? Sure. Um, so I think 
a lot of times when this question is posed, uh, like how how strong is this year's draft? It's important to realize that like the way like teams look at it most of the time is the first round. Like how you know like how are like the day one first round, second round? Right. What's right. the talent level of that? They're not really too worried about like hey, are are there still gonna be good players in round fifteen? Like that you know it's not really the focus. So you know based off of like the way teams think, I would say that the the consensus is that this is a strong year. Um, and it's a especially strong year if you're picking in the top half of the first round and, you know, top five, especially it looks really strong. Um, and I guess, you know, in terms of strengths and weaknesses in the class, um, some of the strengths, definitely the prep talent, um, a lot of good prep hitters, a lot of good prep, uh, infielders. Um, and, uh, I would say also like, you know, there's some good college hitters at the top there's some good uh high school pitching uh but probably the weakness would be the college pitching which um you know it's funny to say that because we're you know if you were watching the game you know yesterday paul steens and Rhett louder just you know we're just looked like unhittable and you know we're ready for double a um so it's it's hard to say that but it's you know it is true like outside of like this like one little group of uh, college arms, it really drops off after that. And there was just a lot of, a lot of injuries, a lot of players who were expected to, you know, perform one way and kind of took a step back. Um, so it really thinned out the class. So it's a, uh, it's definitely like a, a top group of college pitchers and then a big, a big gap after that, I'd say. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, not recently kind of more, um, uh, last fall, kind of when things were really in their infancy, somebody uh, in in the Giants organization said to me, I, you know, I think we may end up being pretty happy that we did what we did the last couple of years. Um, you know, hinting that the the college uh, pitching was going to be a little short, which doesn't mean they're not going to go there. Uh, you know, pitchers always have find their way of getting pushed up the board at the end. Um, but I do kind of have it. I do wonder if this is one of those years every now and then the Giants kind of go the high school route. And I, I do wonder if this is maybe one of those years where we're going to see the high school hitters uh, uh, pop uh, where they are uh, in the middle round. Um, you mentioned there's a really strong top five do you think this is gonna be one of those years where the top of the draft is chalk or is we've had some real chaos uh top of first rounds in the last couple of years uh particularly when the orioles got involved um how chalk are we going to see this this first round go or the top 10 kind of players go this year you think um well i would say it's probably more top five that's thought you know believed to be more like set in stone and that would be like the some some you know i don't know the exact how, how the exact order will go but it's you know dylan cruz paul Skeens, uh wyatt langford on florida and then the two prep outfielders max clark and walker jenkins that's kind of like the you know the thought is like those are the top five guys and they'll go in some order um after the top five not i don't think there is like a strong feeling for you know how that's going to go and i think the, the way the the you know the mlb draft is works it's just so different from other sports because there's no hard slotting system there's you know there's high schoolers involved you can choose to sign or not it's just very different and 
because of that, you know, the money is always signing bonuses are always going to play a role. And that's going to open things up to chaos and just completely throw off boards. And, you know, we saw it. Henry Davis going number one was kind of like, okay, like wasn't really the consensus number one guy. It threw people off. Last year, uh, you know, there was kind of there, there's some twists and turns. Kumar Rocker going, what was it? overall so i think i think the chaos is always going to be a, a there's always potential for that it's always a possibility uh but right now that the top five feels feels pretty pretty safe at, at least from what we're hearing yeah, langford's the one i always forget uh because I, I was like like the two lsu guys and the two high school outfielders i'm like those are in my mind but langford kind of uh, always sneaks out of my brain um I feel like I've been saying for years and years and years that it's always true that you're going to see college bats push up in like the final days before the draft uh, and, and high school bats drop down. If you, as you're kind of looking at your board, um, you can tell me if you don't think that's true, by the way, uh, but who are kind of examples of the guys that you might see push up because they've got that better college track record uh, into that top 10 area. And maybe the guys who are a little younger and a little riskier who might be dropping down, particularly down into that middle of the round where the giants are going to pick. Uh, well, first I, I definitely, I totally agree with what you said. Um, and you know, that's been true for a while that, you know, the college hitters kind of just find, you know, float their way up uh, as things get closer and closer. And I think now it's more true than ever, uh, just because there's just way more, like, way more certainty with college bats and there's less surprises. Uh, and I think that's always going to be valued and especially for teams that rely on models that's going to be, you know, that's going to be part of it. Um, so I, I think the, the one guy who, one guy in particular is Chase Davis. Um, he's an outfielder at Arizona who came in to the spring with a lot of questions. He kind of had like a mixed track record in the past and a lot of issues with chasing, um, chasing out of the zone and, you know, uh, swinging and missing. And he's, really addressed a lot of those concerns um and he's you know really physical right field profile and if you go if you watch a video of davis and his swing and you line it up with carlos gonzalez or the, the rockies it's you know almost identical uh it's really it's really uh interesting to see and uh i think i think someone like that it's like it's like you know packed 12 hitter and performed has has the tools made a lot of good changes like that seems like a guy who could really rise up and kind of go into maybe into the top 10 top 15 um i think matt shaw who's a shortstop at maryland similar for me yeah yeah you know he he's just he's always hit he was one of the best hitters in the cape cod league uh last summer um you know it where he's going to end up defensively is a question, but he has a long track record, track record hitting. And those guys, you know, usually do well uh, on the draft uh, during the draft. So, you know, I think those two guys are are good candidates uh, for moving up as we get closer here. 
I don't think Farhan Zaidi could ever draft a, a hitter named Chase, though, because it it just runs so contrary to his beliefs of what you should be doing in the in the in the batter's box. He would, on just principle, never draft a, a Chase. I guess that's like the new version of pitchers named Homer. Um, well, we you know what? It's funny. We actually have uh, Homer Bush's son. He is in this class, but thankfully he is a center fielder. So there you go. That, it's there. better. It's better as a hitter. That's right. So the the Giants picked 16th uh, this year. As you kind of look at your board and maybe, you know, you and your 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 group of prospects live uh, kind of start thinking in terms of mocks. Who is that? Who's the kind of sweet spot? The guys are going to go in that mid round area who may be pretty exciting for the, the Giants to be eyeing up. Well, I would say. The guy I like, if I had my own little wish list for the Giants, the number one guy on it, and I don't, I don't know if he's going to last for the Giants, but is uh, Tommy Troy on Stanford, mm-hmm. um, and he's playing third base. He's had experience at second. He, he's just a spark plug. He's like he, just a guy who really just goes all out. Really, really physical, good athlete, just a good, good. Uh, Good hitter, just long track record of hitting now, was great on the Cape. And uh, kind of the, you know, for Stanford, he was kind of the the straw, the, excuse me, the straw that uh, stirred, the, stirred the drink for them. He got injured. They were, you know, kind of like lackluster. He comes back and, the, the, you know, they rolled all the way uh, uh, to the playoffs. Um, that's like the number one guy I'm out, that I would love to see in the Giants, you know, in the Giants organization. But he has. There's a good chance he goes before the Giants pick. Um, he and Shaw guy. really fit what they value uh, in hitters. I think right. Those are the two guys who really do the things that they like to see. Yeah, I would. I totally agree with that. Um, I'm a little higher on Tommy Troy. I don't. I don't have like, you know, a great scouting reason for it. I think. I, I think he's just like a more traditional infielder. Um, I guess and kind of I think I have less questions about him you know making contact on like velocity and things like that but yeah they both have like a similar profile I do like Troy a little bit more they're um, both a little bit hit, uh, hit over a glove right bat over glove kind of guys yeah I would say so I think I think Troy's just interesting I think he he's I think he's the superior defender i think he's i think he would be solid at second base and he has played third i don't know if he has the arm for it but uh i think he i think he has a better chance of being like kind of like a a better like versatility type of infielder guy like we've seen like uh like you know casey schmidt has shown or you know tyro estrada has been able to move around i think he would be better suited for that than shaw would in my opinion yeah uh but yeah, I mean those 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 two guys just seem like very, you know, very you know likely not not likely but you know seem like Giants type type of hitters if they were going to go that route. Um, but also like there's a lot of I think where the sweet spot is right now for the Giants there there's a lot of prep infielders. Yeah. Um, that could be on the board. Uh, you know, certainly some certainly a bunch of them will be. Um, uh, Colin Houck is a shortstop from. Uh, from Georgia, and um, one of my one of uh, one of our writers, uh, Will Hoover, 
he uh he's in georgia and he's seen you know giants guys in there multiple times to see him this spring he knows they like you know he said that you know the giants guys like him so i think that's that would make a lot of sense just because that's how it's kind of projected to go in that range and the giants clearly were interested so that that's a guy to keep an eye on uh walker martin is another one uh kevin mcgonigal is someone i i saw this spring and i was i really liked him uh, I would be happy with that pick as well. Um, and then there's Arjun Namala and Aiden Miller, who are more like third basemen, uh, but also like, you know, a lot of power, definitely some upside with the bat and uh, kind of fit in that that mid-round range for sure. Yeah, I I, I, I also uh, believe they're pretty high on Hauk. Uh, another guy who I think they really, really like, uh, but has most of the year been looking like he was going to be a top 10 guy is um is wilson um is there any chance that he's going to fall into that range i mean not that he's necessarily the guy but i i do know they've been in to see him and and i'm pretty sure they like him too um you know if you asked me that at the beginning of the spring i would say there's no shot but now i honestly he is somebody that I, one of the guys in you know that's projected to go in the top half of the first round that I have like really hard time deciding how I feel about him. I go back and forth all the time. Um, I think there are you know the skills that he has, the tools that he has are like are pretty obvious. Just amazing bat to ball ability, and you know plays a pretty solid shortstop right now. Um, and those, those two things together are going to go a long way in your career. Yeah. But I think there are, there have been some, you know, valid questions or concerns about his ability to impact the ball um, about, you know, what kind, you know, maybe is a shortstop, but like, is this somebody that you're actually going to play at shortstop or is it someone that, you know, you're going to have, you know, a, you know, some, kid from Dominican Republic, you know, completely, you know, steal the position away from him. And now where does Jacob Wilson play? You know, who, you know, I don't know, but I, I think there are some legitimate concerns with him. So I don't think it's impossible that he kind of drops to the giants range. Uh, like I said, uh, several months ago, I would have said no shot. Uh, I don't think it's crazy right now. Uh and, uh, you know, that could be good value for the Giants. And it's certainly a, a profile that like bat the ball swing decision profile uh, that they've been attracted to in the past. Yeah. When I was trying to come up with his name, I completely blanked on on, on Jacob. Jacob Wilson is his name. And of course, he's the son of former Pirates uh, shortstop Jack Wilson uh, out in Arizona. Um Okay, let's uh, let's let's find the Giants a, a player. I, I I do this every year. I'm going to ask you to pick one player from each of the four quadrants uh, for the Giants' number sixteen pick. Uh, I, I'm would be somewhat shocked to see a high school pitcher go uh, be the be the SWAT. So maybe we can focus on the other three quadrants if you don't have any any great high school pitchers. But let's let's find them a, a good number sixteen pick. Sure. Uh, so you want me to go like college? Yeah, college back, player. college arm. Okay. okay, gotcha. Okay, so I mean, if if I'm allowed to pick Tommy Troy, like, that's the guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, huge, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Tommy Troy guy. That's my guy. I would love it. I, I would be in heaven uh, for for a while after that pick. 
um <laughs> for, uh for a high school hitter um a lot of good options i think Hauk is a good one but i would go i i think aiden miller is really interesting yeah uh, he he was good he, he looked like he was you know gonna be a top 10 pick and then he missed a lot of time with injuries this spring so it just wasn't a lot of a lot of you know eyeballs on him because he broke his ham a right yes so he he missed like a, almost yeah. you know most of the spring and that kind of changed things and you know other little you know start people start poking holes in the profile but you know he has a really long track record of being one of the best hitters in the prep class so i think that would be an interesting pick for the giants possibly get some good value there yeah um for a college pitcher for the pitchers in general you know this beginning of the year if you told me you know the giants are going to take a you know, a pitcher in this draft, I would have said, like, there's no shot. I think now it's a little bit more likely just because there are a few names kind of circling, you know, kind of like in that area. So I, I don't think you can totally rule it out. I'd still be surprised. Um, but Hurston Waldrip on Florida would be the, right. the college pitcher. He might, he's been on a huge tear recently. Um, you know, either he's pitching the College World Series, uh, you know, this week upcoming week um so i think he's somebody that could even go before the giants pick but there's just a lot of a lot of upside there uh just filthy stuff and i I think there's a lot of evidence that shows that there are ways to change his pitch usage and uh, kind of his the way he attacks hitters and stuff that really would change his uh would have changed his results this year at florida and you know you just you really maximize his value I think the Giants are a really good organization to to do that. They've done it with a lot of other pitchers. So I think that's not a terrible, terrible fit, though. Obviously, pitchers are, you know, huge risk. But um, if you want a really big risk, you go to the prep pitchers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the one I get, you know, there's not a huge group. Um, but Noble Meyer uh, is a right-handed pitcher uh, from Pacific Northwest. And kind of similar to Waldrop, where it's just like crazy stuff. He's been, you know, always, always, you know, every time he's out there, he's showing it. And, you know, good body, good athlete. And, you know, I've, we heard stuff this spring at Prospects Live where, you know, people were saying he's the safest, you know, high school pitcher and, you know, so in however many years and stuff. And it's just like, man, like, that's really awesome to see like to hear, And I hope it's true for, you know, for his sake. But I remember having the same exact conversation with Jackson Job like two years ago. Oh, yeah. or whatever. And it's, it's just like, that's always weighing on my mind, you know, stuff like that. But clearly a lot of people are, are really excited for him. Uh, so it's possible. We'll see. But I, I think, I think if you're, if I were putting money on it, uh, the, you know, college hitter, high school hitter would be would be my guess. And Tommy Troy, let's do it. Yeah, I like I like the Troy pick. I like uh, Miller. I think is a really good suggestion. I think Hauk is a really good suggestion. And I can see Waldrop. Uh, and, um, uh, the high school pitchers, those are, that is a risky profile. Although I did just see Jared Jones totally shoving uh, about two weeks ago. Who you and I, I believe, uh, wanted to pick, and when we were doing the prospects live mock draft uh, during the pandemic. Um, would have been a good pick. Uh, okay. We, I only have, uh, uh, zoom is yelling at me. I've only got 
three minutes to go. So real fast, uh, give me a couple of favorites you have a uh, name to watch for, for day two or three picks, you know, a little further down the board, but guys you think would be really, really good value. Absolutely. Um, so first one, I actually wrote about him a little bit yesterday. Uh, Jake Bloss, he's a righty on uh, Georgetown. I saw him this spring. It was like total, like, just like, wasn't expecting anything and he blew me away. Uh, kind of has like that, you know, he gave me a lot of like, you know, Spencer Strider vibes. It's, you know, not expecting good, him to be vibes. that. Yeah, it's a very good vibes. Not to say <laughs> that he is Spencer Strider. I want to make that very clear, but just, I think someone who, you know, kind of popped up and is really interesting. I, you know, I, I think is uh, someone to watch. Um, hitter, Tommy Hawk. He's a center fielder for Wake Forest. Just uh, just a little spark plug. He's like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, uh, gets on base, makes a lot of contact, you know, play, plays, you know, all out, steals bases, just smart ball player. Kind of reminds me of uh, like a Wade Meckler, Stephen Kwan type player. And, you know, someone I would love to see the Giants take, you know, the, you know, you know, day two, you know, sixth, seventh round, something like that. Uh, guy who's really easy to root for. I assume you got... You want some more? Or is that good? Um. Yeah. Oh, so Siri, Siri has joined my uh, my podcast. I've <laughs> never had this before. Hush up, Siri. Uh, uh, well, we're running out of time, so I'm, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I know you guys have a ton of draft content coming out. Where should we look for your material, and and what do you have coming up for us to read? Sure. Um, so prospectslive.com, place to go. Um, we're going to have updated boards soon. We're going to have mocks. We're going to have guys, you know, highlighting guys. We're going to also have kind of, uh, you know, like reviewing the last several weeks, a lot of stuff going on, combine college world series, Cape Cod. So kind of reviewing all of that. And, uh, yeah, you know, you could find all that there. We also have a mock draft simulator on our website. I don't think very anyone, cool tool. Yeah. Nobody has done that before for baseball. It's fun to play with. Go check it out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Rekka uh, for all for all my questionable takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things I think really Prospects Live has knocked out of the park is is melding scouting looks and interesting sort of uh, data and analytics tools. And that simulator is a really, really cool tool. Just the way your site is built, I have to say, is, is gorgeous. And, and it's a really well put together site. Uh, I can't recommend people uh, checking it out uh, too much. And of course, your work is always wonderful. Um, Brian, I appreciate you uh, taking a little time to talk draft with me. Uh, I appreciate all the listeners uh, tuning in to hear what we have to say. Uh, and of course, if you want more uh, Giants prospect contact, just go to theirgiants.com to become a subscriber and you get all the Giants prospect content you'll ever want. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time. I hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks.